Welcome to I Bet So Hard, technology and workflows that really work. The not so serious podcast for seriously busy veterinary teams brought to you by vet to pet Listen for quick, fun interviews with veterinary professionals who've retrieved and actually held on to their sanity, happiness, and success by learning a few new tricks and embracing efficient processes that actually work. I'm Dr. Stacey Santi. And I'm Dr. Caitlin DeWild. And this is I Bet So Hard. Hey everybody, we are so excited to be here. This is the first episode of Hashtag I Vet So Hard. And my name is Dr. Stacy Santi, and I'm joined by my famous colleague, Dr. Caitlin DeWild. We are uh, DVMs with a nerdy flair, and we love technology. So, oh shit, what was that? Oh crap, sorry. Okay. Oh, fucking Teams. That was great though. Ugh, teams, I forgot about it. Okay, that should be a little <laughs> Okay, we do have a tech flare, which takes us 10 minutes to shut all the tech down. Well, okay, let's just, for this is this is real life, I guess. This is Yvette so hard, so there you go. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out, Caitlin. <laughs> I'm going to leave it. <laughs> I'm going to leave it. Tell me this, when did you decide... Dr. DeWild, that you are going to become Dr. DeWild? Uh, I am, I'm a little bit weird that I did not decide it at the age of four, like every other female vet I know. Uh, maybe, wait, not you either? Oh, oh no, I did decide. You did decide when you were four. Yeah. <laughs> I was six. I'm a late bloomer. Oh, well, Chase, get it together. Well, I actually thought I was going to be a cellist and an orchestra teacher. I know, such a nerd. I mean, I've been nerdy from day one, but um, my parents were very smart and they are both educators and they, I think, knew maybe I would not be super happy with that or successful. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, when I was 16, my mom and dad signed me up. Uh, I'm from a rural area and we have something called the 4-H community extension. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but they signed me up for all these like job shadowing, like five different places, job shadowing. I think they were like anything else, literally. And I remember they signed me up for a vet clinic and I was like, why would you sign me up for that? That seems so gross. I don't want to do that. And I said, you know, they're probably going to make me deal with poop all day. I don't even know. And I remember being like livid with my mom and she was like, well, you wanted to be a vet when you were a little girl. And I was like, doesn't every four to six year old little girl, but I was so mad about it and I didn't want to do it. And I said, fine, I'll do it, but I'm only staying until noon. And, uh, so they dropped me off at, you know, seven in the morning, which I was also ticked off about at, you know, age 16 and 15, I think I was 15. And, uh, since I couldn't drive myself and, uh, yeah, I called at like 11 was like, can I stay all day? And I didn't, leave ever again. (laughs) I worked at that practice until I graduated vet school actually. So, um, but just that day, it was so awesome because the practice I I grew up working at was mixed animals, mostly large animal at the time. And everything was different. Every case was different. Every animal was different. Every owner was different. And I just loved that. It was like, what are we going to do now? Like it was just an adventure, like every appointment. And like, sometimes it'd be like, let's get in the truck. We got to go do this call and be like, let's come back. This dog isn't pooped in 10 days. We got to cut it open. Like, I mean, it was just like uh, so different, but that struck me because it was just different and um, exciting. 
and change of pace and not always inside, not always outside. And then it also struck me that that particular owner was such a great veterinarian for many reasons, but he was, he was helping the person just as much as he was helping the animal. And I learned so much from him and I, I was hooked from that day on. What about you? So you were, you were six. What were you doing? Six. Briar horses. No, no, no. It's sort of sad. So when I was like six, we had these two little baby schnauzers and they um, brought them home. Me and my little brother each had one and they both contracted parvo. But this was before parvo was discovered. This was in the 70s. So nobody even knew what Parvo was actually. It was pre-vaccine. And these little puppies who I love so much both got horrible vomiting and diarrhea and they both died. (gasps) Oh God, this is a terrible story. (laughs) It was so sad. And I was just devastated, right? And But I spent so much time caring for those little puppies. My little brother, he could not be bothered too much. But for me, I just like dumped my heart and soul into those little puppies as a kid. And I was really crushed. And so my parents being the wonderful parents they are, they rushed right out and got two more puppies for us. I don't know how they didn't get Parvo because there was, it was in the environment. Nobody even, it was a few years later that Parvo was discovered um, or identified and a vaccine came out. But so I had uh, two more little schnauzers uh, Misty and a big boy. And I, um, my little dog, Misty, we were planting our garden and we were planting okra in, in New Mexico. And when you plant okra, you got to put the seeds in sour milk. You sour them out overnight. And then, well, I don't know. This is what my my dad said we had to do. So we did this and then you plant them and they, they uh, germinate and, and sprout. And But Misty got in there and ate all the rotten milk okra seeds. Wait, is this going to end badly? I've already... No, this one doesn't end badly. Okay. So she had to go to the hospital and they had to, you know, t- t- take care of her for days. Yeah. And I would go to the hospital. The, the hospital wasn't really a hospital. It was like a... a rural veterinary practice, but Dr. Kime was like magical to me. And I would go there and I would hang out with Misty and she got better. Like she was on fluids and, you know, this is super rural stuff, but she fought and got better. And man, I was hook, line and sinker after that. I wanted to be able to do that for other animals. So my life plan was just cemented. I actually never, ever had a second thought of what I should be doing. Isn't that weird? It's it's actually quite amazing. I I even faltered along the path, mostly because I was like, "Will I get in? Will I graduate? I'm going to come up with some backup options here." <laughs> but your your story is way better, and I'm glad it <laughs> ended well. I'm like that person that doesn't want to watch the movie if the animal gets hurt. Like even oh, I, especially yeah. if they die, I'm out. Like I'm not like I I. There's a site for that now, a website that you can like look it up ahead of time. I'm not going to watch it if the animal gets hurt. I mean, <laughs> well, don't worry about the people. But <laughs> when I became a stepmom, I took my uh, stepsons and their friends to the movies. I mean, I'm a grown ass adult at this point. Let's just be clear. And we went to see 
this uh, sled dog movie. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Um, no, I probably didn't see it. If it, I looked it up ahead of time. I feel like I know where this is going. It, it was like a Disney movie, and they all, this guy and all these seven-ish sled dogs are on an airplane, and then the plane goes down. Wait, this, was Paul Walker in this movie? Um, I don't know who that is. Oh, he's he was a really really awesome actor. But RP, the plane but the plane that. goes down. This is like in the first ten minutes, right? And I'm like, I can see where this is going, and I'm sobbing already. And the little <laughs> boys, because my stepsons are boys, and all their boy you know hangout buddies are all like looking at me in the movie theater. And Sailor asked me, uh, "Steppy, do we need to leave now?" do we need to go home? Are you okay? I'm like, I'll be fine. He's like, he's like seven years old. and He's not crying. <laughs> I'm bawling. So, so funny. I can't do Disney movies. I don't like any animal to be cold, hungry, or without their mother. I just can't. <laughs> same, same way. I feel the same. I just recently finally was able to watch Lion King again. So I understand <laughs> where you're coming from on that. Hashtag I bet so hard is brought to you by vet to pet Hey guys, this is Stephanie Goss from the Uncharted Podcast, and I wanted to take a quick second to share with you three of my top reasons for using vet to pet in my clinic. We've used them for years, and I love the fact that it brought a lot of the client communication platforms that we had previously been using in separate individual services into one easy to use dashboard. My team goes one place and they manage so many different client communications and I absolutely love making their jobs easier. And the clients absolutely love using vet to pet because they love being able to schedule appointments. They love being able to send us a picture when they're out of their pet's medication and know that we'll send them a push notification back as soon as their med's ready for pickup. So if you've not checked out vet to pet you should visit vettopet.com forward slash IVET so hard and you'll get a free gift from the team at vet to pet when you demo the platform. So uh, this podcast hashtag I vet so hard is all about being a vet and technology. So do you remember the first time you started your love affair with technology and practice? Yeah, I, I do actually, it's pretty, um, I, I, I love telling this story because I feel like people are like, no, this did not happen, but it did. So picture it. If you're, if you're like a golden girls fan, like me, picture it, Sicily, 1900. <laughs> okay. But picture it Midwest 2012 at this tiny little practice that I had, I had taken a job at and they had no technology. Now keep in mind, why would I even go here? But recession needed a job student loan debt, things like that. So I end up at this practice, which by all counts was actually a great practice. It had been very successful on its own without marketing, without social media, without internet, without technology at all. My friends called it the Cracker Barrel Vet Clinic. <laughs> it's a lot of oak. Anyway, um, and they had that credit card machine that was like the thing. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Which I was like, <laughs> like what? 30 pounds. Yeah, like when <laughs> I, like, I remember my out. first, yeah. So crazy. I, I, I used it at lunch to like work out. Um, when I, when I got there, I remember seeing it when I interviewed, but I was like, Oh, that's just like leftover. They're using that as like a paperweight or something. No, they're freaking <laughs> using it like in real life anyway. But <laughs> the reason, the, the thing that I remember the most was that I remember um, my boss at the time was, was a wonderful man, but 
uh, we had the time clock punch thing, right? So you had your time card and uh, you punched it, right? To get your time. Like and the movies? Yeah. Yeah. Like this is straight up on the movies. It, it was probably a prop in a movie in the thirties. I don't know. But anyway, so <laughs> he would, everyone would turn in their time cards at the end of the week. And I, pretty quickly, like a couple of weeks into it was like, wait a minute, we're getting a paper check here again, 2012 people. But I realized what he would do. Um, and I don't think he'll ever listen to this. So it's okay that I tell the story. But he he would literally sit down with a pencil and add up the the minutes and the hours for each person. Then he would write he would transpose that from the time card, then he would make a like he would use a ruler and he would on a piece of paper and he would write down every person's name and their time. Then he would take this piece of paper and drive it across town to the accountant and he would drop it off. And then two days later, he had to go drive back over there to pick up our paper checks and bring them back. <laughs> to us. And I was like, um, you know, there's like a, a million better ways to do this. And he was like, well, this is how I've done it for 23 years. This works just fine. And like, the other employees didn't seem to care, but I was like, doesn't this take you a lot of time of your day? Like, and he was kind of wanting to start stepping back a little bit. And I was like, you could, if you still want to use the clock, because God forbid we get like a time tracking software because we didn't have a computer or the internet. Um, <laughs> but I was like, why don't you could, you could use an Excel sheet and just type those times in if nothing else. And it would automatically calculate the time for you. You wouldn't have to add it all up and then you could email it to the accountant and then you'd only have to make one trip to go pick up the checks. And like, maybe later we could talk about direct deposit. Right. But he was like, I don't think this would work. I don't think it would really save me this much time. And I was like, well, let me try it. Let me, let me try it. And I said, I'll race you. And so I brought in my computer and we did, we raced. And that's how I had to prove it to him that I could figure out the payroll faster than he could. And it took me a while because I had to like make the formulas, which is always, you know, a little tricky in Excel. <laughs> Learn that real, real early on. But anyway, but yeah, quickly, I could do the payroll in, in 10 minutes, right? And it would take him 40, right? Oh my gosh. And then, and I could email it. So I didn't have to drive anywhere, right? And, but we didn't, I had to bring in my own computer and set up a hotspot for my phone to be able to email it. So eventually that was that was the first of many ways when I was like okay technology is number one it helps me because I'm gonna get my paycheck faster and it helps him because as an owner he doesn't need to spend that much time doing anything and then it helps the whole team right because it's it's probably more accurate and also more efficient so that kind of started the wheels in motion for me and many other things what about you First off, I can't believe that was 2012, but uh, I guess that's what I guess that's what happens out here, right? Oregon, Oregon Trail people, like yeah. <laughs> so for me, I re remember vividly in practice. I can't. I don't. I think it was around like 1997ish, 78, when the Palm Pilot came out. Those are sweet. I had one with like a little stylus. Yeah, That's what I had in vet school. That was my smartphone. And I didn't even get it until third year of vet school. Yeah. Cool. When that baby hit the market, I was enamored. And then you could load the plum formulary on there. 
I mean, this is way back when. So you could look up drugs on that Palm Pilot and I just thought it was so magical. I really loved it. And then I advanced to the Blackberry with the rollerball and the really intricate keyboard. And then, um, you know, started using some software programs out there that were calculators early on. And I, I just fell in love. And this is where I started in heavy with technology because I'm, I'm really like, I'm, I'm good at math, but figuring out a CRI recipe always gives me trepidation because I don't want to mess up the math. And when I was in vet school, one of the girls on my um, little rotation, we were on anesthesia. She got the decimal point wrong on the pre-med and her patient died. Mm. The clinician didn't catch it or the resident or whatever. And she, instead of giving like, you know, point. 3.3 Valium ketamine. She gave like three, three Valium ketamine and for the induction and like the thing croaked off. And so I'm super paranoid. Like that could be me because it's a decimal right, point. Right, right. I don't have a reference all the time of what's normal here. So I just love these calculators to double check my math. And th that's where I started in with it. Love it. Love it. Uh, also, 10 points for using the word trepidation. I think we're going to start a new thing on the podcast, which is bonus vocab words. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, guys, you are welcome to hang out with us. We are excited to launch I Vet So Hard. And, well, it's hashtag I Vet So Hard if you want to get real about it, but you can find us on ivetsohard.com. And the podcast is all about bringing veterinary knowledge and technology passions together. They're going to like collide like asteroids out here. And we're going to help you. We're going to help you by bringing insights that we have, but more importantly, we're going to share stories from other professionals in the veterinary space that are doing cool things. Yeah, we have so many guests that are we've already interviewed and that we hope to interview that have some really awesome ideas to share using technology, but in practical and realistic ways. Like sometimes technology is not the answer, but a lot of times it can be. So I think you'll get a lot of different perspectives from the, our guests. So click subscribe and join us on our journey as we blaze forward, trailblaze forward to knock out all these unanswered questions about veterinary profession and technology. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of I Vet So Hard. Don't forget to head over to IVetSoHard.com to download our top five takeaways from this episode. We'll see you right back here. Same time, same place next week. Until then, here's to putting your technology to work for your practice.